Welcome to the podcast of Selmore Baptist Church in Ozark, Missouri. To learn more about our church, please visit selmorebaptist.com. And now, here's the sermon. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Haggai. We're going to look at chapter 2, verses 15 through 19. Haggai chapter 2, verses 15 through 19. Thank you, James. Thank you to our, our praise team and our instruments. We appreciate you guys very much. Before we get to our text, I do want to make one announcement. In conjunction with our normal prayer meeting this Wednesday night at 6.30, we are going to have what I am calling a family meeting. Uh, It is not a business meeting. We're not voting on anything. But there are some matters pertaining to our church family that we need to talk about and that we need to pray about. So if you can be here Wednesday night, I would ask you to do so. And again, that will be at 6.30 here in the worship center. Let me start by asking you a question this morning. How many know that we serve a God of great mercy and a God of great grace? No matter what we've done in our past, if we confess our sins, we know that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Did you know that? That's what the Bible says. And then to take it another step, not only will he forgive us and cleanse us, he will also bless us as we walk with him in faith and obedience. Contrary to popular belief, God is not an angry curmudgeon glaring down upon the earth, just waiting to zap people with bolts of lightning. Now to be certain, he is holy and he is just, but he is also a loving father who looks for every little excuse to bless his children. If you believe that, say amen. If you've experienced that, say amen. In the book of Haggai, we've been learning about the Israelites, how God told them to rebuild the temple after it was destroyed by the Babylonians. But they faced opposition and they got scared. Not only did they get scared, they got lazy. They got selfish, building nice homes for themselves, but neglecting the temple of God. This they did for 16 years. Because of the Israelites' disobedience, God did not bless the work of their hands. The earth suffered drought. It didn't bring forth its fruit. Even the little bit of income the people did bring home, they ended up losing in other ways, all because they were disobeying God. They were neglecting what he had called them to do, which was to rebuild the temple. When the prophet Haggai confronted them about this and helped them see their disobedience, the people had a change of heart. They started rebuilding the temple again. And the Lord told them, I am with you. If you remember, we said that where God abides, or excuse me, that God abides where he is obeyed. Everything seemed like it was back on track. However, as we learned last week, three months into the project, the Lord delivered yet another message to the people through Haggai. Unfortunately, the first half of that message was not good. God told the people that he considered the work of their hands to be unclean. Even though the Israelites were doing a good work in rebuilding the temple and were obeying God on the outside, there was apparently something not quite right on the inside. There was something not right in their hearts, and it was transferring uncleanness to the work of their hands. If you remember, we said last week it's very possible to serve God outwardly but still have a heart that is far from him. That's a scary place to be 
Because we deceive ourselves into thinking we're okay with God because we're serving him, when in reality, we're not at all. In the case of the Israelites, if you're like me, you wonder, well, what exactly is going on here? Why did God interrupt this work to tell them that they're unclean? Was there a particular sin in the camp in which the people were taking part? Perhaps some pagan practice of their neighbors? Maybe the people were still comparing the new temple to the old one, as it says in chapter 2 and verse 3. Did they have a bad attitude or a spirit of ungratefulness? Was that the problem? Or perhaps even though the people were doing the work outwardly, inwardly they still hadn't truly repented of their initial disobedience. Thus they were doing the work out of grudging obligation rather than from a heart of worship. We don't know exactly what was going on with the Israelites. We can only speculate. All we know for sure is that God called them out on their sin in verse 14 and said that the work of their hands, at least to that point, was unclean. But here's the good news. The good news is whatever was going on with the Israelites, it appears that this day, the day in our text, the 24th day of the ninth month, represents a turning point. Whatever sin had previously made Israel unclean in the eyes of God has now been forgiven. All has been made right again. God says to Israel in today's passage, from this day forward, I will bless you. Can you say those four words from this day forward with me? Ready? From this day forward. Today's passage is a reminder to us that God can change the direction of our life in one day, even in one moment, if we will simply surrender our will to his. Whatever has happened in your past, from this day forward, you can serve the Lord and experience his blessing on your life. Now, before we get to the good part of our text, before we get to the blessing part, God is first going to remind the Israelites of where they've been up to this point. Sometimes in order to fully appreciate what God is doing for us now, we must be reminded of what it was like without him. So let's pick up reading with Haggai chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Here's what the Lord says to the people through Haggai. And now carefully consider from this day forward, from before stone was laid upon stone in the temple of the Lord. Since those days, when one came to a heap of 20 ephahs, there were but 10. When one came to the wine vat to draw out 50 baths from the press, there were but 20. I struck you with blight and mildew and hail in all the labors of your hands, yet you did not turn to me, says the Lord. The first thing that God says to the people here in verse 15 is this. He says, from this day forward, I want you to consider something. I want you to think back to those days before you resumed rebuilding the temple, laying stone upon stone. Remember those 16 years when the foundation of the temple just sat there and nothing was being done to rebuild it because you said it wasn't the right time? Remember when you were disobeying me And I can hear the Israelites say, yes, Lord, we remember that. It wasn't very long ago. Essentially, God replies, how did that work for you? Let's think about this. He says, in those days, you'd come to a pile of grain expecting there to be 20 measures of grain and there'd only be 10. And you'd think, huh, I could have sworn there was more grain here. 
Likewise, in those days, you come to the wine vat thinking you're going to find about 50 baths. About, I had to look this up. That's about 300 gallons of wine, and there'd only be 20 baths, 120 gallons. And you'd think, what in the world's going on here? What happened to it? And not only that, the Lord tells them in verse 17, I struck you with blight and mildew and hail, all these things that ruined your crops, and yet even with all of that, you still did not turn to me. Basically, God's telling the people the same thing here that he told them back in chapter 1 and, and verse 6. Let's flip back there and read that verse real quick. This was from the very first sermon in this series. You've sown much and bring in little. You eat but do not have enough. You drink but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves but no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to put into a bag with holes. The reason that things haven't been going right for the Israelites up to this point, the reason that they're constantly coming up short and, and spinning their wheels in so many ways is because they've been living a life of disobedience to God. Do you remember the spiritual principle that we talked about a few weeks ago? If we take care of God's business, he will take care of ours. But the Israelites were not taking care of God's business. They were not rebuilding the temple as he had commanded. Thus, God was not blessing the work of their hands. And someone might say, well, that's rather mean of God. That sounds rather vindictive. But what we actually see here, what's implied in verse 17, is that God withheld his blessing from the Israelites in hopes that they would turn back to him. That they would wake up. That they would say, you know, maybe the reason our nation is a mess, maybe the reason our individual lives are a mess, is because we're not following God. We're not obeying him. But for so long, that just didn't happen. The people stubbornly continued in their disobedience. You know, it's very easy for us to read a passage like this and, and shake our head and say, tisk tisk to the Israelites and, and wonder, why didn't you just obey the Lord? Silly people would have made your life so much easier. But friend, we need to look at our own lives. You need to examine your own heart. Are you being obedient to the Lord? Are you truly following him to the best of your ability? Or is there some area of your life in which you're living in sin and rebellion? If there is some part of your life in which you're not honoring God, you can't expect God to bless you. You can't, in good faith, ask God to lead and direct your life when you're embracing sin in some corner of your heart. It doesn't work that way. We see that with the Israelites in this book of Haggai. God didn't bless them because they were obeying him. And even when they did start rebuilding the temple, outwardly obeying, God said, time out, the work of your hands is unclean, presumably because their hearts weren't right. Well, listen, the reality is we can all identify with this, can't we? We've all had times in our life when we weren't living for the Lord, either before we came to Christ or even times of backsliding since we came to Christ. And some of you today, if you're being honest, would have to say, Josh, I'm there right now. I'm going through the motions of being a Christian, but truth be told, my heart is a long way from God. I don't have a devotional life. I have unconfessed sin in my life. There's really no reason why God would bless me. Well, if that's you, I have good news. 
You don't have to stay in that place. You don't have to stay there. From this day forward, everything can change. I want you now to look with me at verses 18 and 19. Because look at what the Lord says to the Israelites. He says, consider now from this day forward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Is the seed still in the barn? As yet, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, the olive tree have not yielded fruit. But from this day, I will bless you. Verse 18 is the watershed verse of this passage. Verse 18 is the turning point. It is the moment when everything changes for the Israelites. What does the Lord say? He tells the Israelites, mark this day down. Circle it on your calendar. The 24th day of the ninth month. Kislev the 24th. As you circle that date, remember that it used to be that nothing went right for you. From the day that the foundation of the temple was laid, 16 years ago until now, until this day, you've planted seed, but you basically have nothing to show for it. You have no grapes, you have no figs, you have no pomegranates, you have no olives. But on this day, the 24th day of the ninth month, that changes, says the Lord. From this day forward, I will restore you. From this day forward, I will bless you. Now, to me, the question that's still left unanswered is, what changed? (laughs) Why on this particular day, three months into this project, does God suddenly say, up to this point, your work has been unclean, but starting today, I'm going to bless you. I don't think we fully know the answer to that question. I also don't think we really need to know that much. I think it's sufficient to say that something changed in the Israelites' hearts. Only God knows what that was, but whatever it was, it pleased him. And whatever it was, it amounted to repentance and faith on behalf of the people. But here's the point. When the Israelites determined to get right with God and obey him, it was then that God blessed them. This is a good reminder to us of a very important spiritual principle. As a rule, blessings follow obedience. When you and I determine that we are truly going to obey God as the Lord of our life, he blesses us with his presence. He blesses us with his power. He blesses the work of our hands. That's true for nations. That's true for churches. And that's true for individuals. It's true for us. In contrast, when we disobey God, we forfeit his blessings on our life. Here's another important thing to know about God. Our God is the God of today. The Bible teaches that following God is something we should do today, not something that we should put off for tomorrow. Scripture says in Hebrews chapter three, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. 2 Corinthians 6, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Remember what God told the Israelites in our text this morning. From this day, today, from this day forward, I will bless you. For the Israelites, that day was the 24th day of the ninth month. 
What if God was saying to us in this place this morning, what if he is saying to you, consider now, from this day forward, from the third day of the fourth month, how I will bless you if you will simply turn to me and obey me. Could April 3rd, 2022 be your day? Dear person without Christ, God wants to come into your heart. Will you receive him today? This can be your day. Dear prodigal son, prodigal daughter, God wants you to come home. Will you return to your father today? This can be your day. Dear backslidden Christian, God wants to restore his blessing on your life. Will you repent of your sin and get right with him today? This can be your day. Regardless of who we are, regardless of what we've done, we can't change what's happened in the past, but we can be obedient to the Lord from this day forward. And scripture says that if we draw near to God, that he will draw near to us. He will restore us. He will bless us. And as we said at the beginning of the sermon, God is a loving father who looks for every excuse to bless his children. Isn't he good? He's a good father. Won't you come to him? Won't you serve him with your life from this day forward? In just a few moments, we're going to observe the Lord's Supper together to remember the body and blood of the Lord Jesus that was given for us. The Lord's Supper is a time not only to remember the sacrifice of Jesus, but also to examine our own heart and make sure that there's no unconfessed sin standing between us and God. Every time we take the Lord's Supper, it's an opportunity for us to renew our commitment to Christ. In essence, to say, from this day forward, I recommit myself to following Jesus. I'm going to ask the musicians to go ahead at this time and come to the platform and, and prepare to lead us in a time of response this morning. And I want to encourage us to use this time to do exactly that. Maybe you're a Christian who's been far from the Lord, but all of that can change from this day forward. If you repent of your sin and, and get right with God, you can have that close fellowship with him once again. Maybe you're here today and you know in your heart you're not a Christian. Guess what? That can all change from this day forward. Admit to God you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus died on the cross for you and rose again and commit your life fully to him. God will save you and he'll give you eternal life this very day. If there's any public decision that you need to make this morning, I would invite you to walk to the front as we sing our closing song here in a moment. Take me by the hand and say, Josh, I wanna be a Christian. I wanna follow Jesus. Or Josh, I want you to pray with me. I've got sin in my life that needs to be dealt with. I'd be happy to do that. If you need to come, if the Holy Spirit's leading you to come and pray this morning, the altar is open to you. Whatever God is leading you to do in this moment, let's be obedient to that. Let's take this time and make sure that our heart is right with him as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper. Would you stand with me, please? We'll have our song of response.